Mums with Hustle podcast, episode 88. Welcome to the Mums with Hustle podcast, where you'll discover everyday mum entrepreneurs killing it in their industry. Learn the secrets you can replicate to create your own success with your host, Tracy Harris. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Mums with Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Harris. And if you are a regular in listening to this podcast, then I'm really thrilled to have you back. It is an honor to be in your ears from, you know, each week and keeping you company as you hustle or as you walk or as you feed the baby or as you commute in your car to your nine to five, however, and wherever you listen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And thank you also for leaving your kind reviews on iTunes. Absolutely. Absolutely love it and appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But if this is your first podcast, I would like to really give you a very warm welcome. I do these podcasts weekly and I absolutely love it. They are full of actionable content from experts and biz mums all qualified and experienced in their own niches. And from time to time, I like to rock the mic solo myself and teach because that is what I do. So warm welcome if you are relatively new to the Mums with Hustle podcast. I do hope you love it and you hang around and you become an active listener week in and week out. Today's podcast episode is really all about retail. So if you are a brick and mortar biz owner, or you want to be, or if you have an e-commerce retail store online, then this really is an episode for you because it is packed with actionable tips and advice and strategies to grow your retail business from a retail guru herself. So make sure you stick with me. If you are in a place where you can take notes, I always say take the notes because the biggest lie that we can tell to ourselves is that we're going to remember something. No, we're not. Our brains are chockers. Our life is hectic. That's why we call ourselves mums with hustle. So don't pretend you're going to remember it. If you can grab a pen and paper as we dive into this podcast, which is all about retail. So let's get into it. Selena Knight is a retail strategist who loves to work with independent retailers. Her mission is to bring actionable business strategies to independent retailers that they can easily implement to move their businesses forward. Now, this podcast chat, it's going to be no fluff, no hype, just the real stuff that business owners can actually put into place to see results because that is what Selena is about. She is my kind of woman and I'm excited to have her join me here on the podcast. Welcome, Selena. Hey there, Tracy. Thanks so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Let's get straight into it because I know there's a lot of meaty stuff we're going to chat about in this podcast, but we'll start with the personal side. I want you to tell us a bit about yourself, your family and your business, Selena. What is it that you do? Well, I will start with what I do first. So I'm a retail strategist and I work specifically with independent retailers. I spent a lot of time uh, with my own stores. I had a chain of stores and an online store. And when I was doing that, I realized that there was no one out there who specifically helped retailers. So you could get a business coach or a business mentor and you could get a retail consultant, but they were more aimed at sort of bigger business, like medium-sized enterprise. But there wasn't anybody out there who could help me to just grow, you know, what was a small business that I created myself into a much bigger business. So fast forward eight years, and I'll tell you the story about how I ended up even having that business in a second, but fast forward eight years and I kind of processed myself out of the business. It took a little while to work that out, but it got to the point where I was going into work just for the sake of going into the work and the girls were saying to me, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm super busy. I'm super busy. When in actual fact, I was playing around on Facebook okay. in the office and you know, paying invoices and stuff. But essentially, I didn't need to be there. And I woke up one day just going, this, they don't need me anymore. So sort of the fun, the fun startup phase had gone and it worked so well without me that I decided it was time to let somebody else have the business. So I sold that business and started working with independent retailers. But there's a little bit of a 
well, not a funny story, but a little bit of a story behind how the business started up, which is I was, you know, I am still very, very passionate about the earth and sustainability. And I knew that when I had my baby, who's just turned eight, that I wanted to use, you know, ethical products. I wanted to use reusable nappies. I wanted to use, you know, have baby carrier. I wanted products that were really good for their skin, that wasn't full of petrochemicals. And bearing in mind this was eight years ago, that stuff didn't exist in retail stores. Like you could buy it online, but you just couldn't buy it in a retail store. So like most people, you know, nearly every retailer I meet, how did you start your business? Well, I, you know, I really love this thing and I couldn't buy it anywhere. I was exactly the same. Yeah. So I decided to leave my government job and open up a retail store selling sustainable baby products. And I was the only person in Sydney who was doing that. And I eventually grew that business and you know made it quite big and then yeah, sold it off. But the catalyst was the little baby. And I talk about this quite a lot because when you look back, you can see you can see those sort of pivotal moments in your life. And totally. Yeah. Yeah. On on her first birthday, literally her first birthday party. We were painting the shop because we had given ourselves three weeks to renovate the shop and open it. So on her first birthday, I got a cake from the bakery next door. I took her across the road to the beach with my family and said, here, she's yours. It's her birthday. We'll be painting. Just give us a call when you're finished. <laughs> Looking back, it horrifies me. You know, the whole mummy guilt kicks in. But at the time, I was so driven to make this thing succeed that I was like, you guys never get to spend time with her. I get to see her every day. She's yeah. yours. <laughs> she doesn't know it's her birthday. No, <laughs> no, no. And, you know, I, I, I did spend way too much time working in those those eight years. So one of the things I'm really passionate about now is giving people hacks and systems that gives them time back in their life so they can yeah. spend it with their family and their friends. Which is why we all start our business, Selena. Oh, we, you know, yes. Oh, okay. So now you've figured all that out. You're giving people the success path, basically, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So I yeah. got asked recently, why do you do this? And um, it took a little bit of a, a little bit of fine tuning because I'm not very big on the feeling side and I I worked out that the reason I do this is because I don't want other people to have to go through the pain that really big mistakes cause when if you had somebody who could have given you some easy advice like the stuff that I wasted a lot of time and a lot of money on now that I look back you know that's stuff that is kind of basic I say that, but you don't know what you don't know. And so if I can give people just those, you know, snippets or chunks of information that helps them to not spend $10,000 on a really crap advertising campaign (laughs) with no return on investment, I'm happy to do that. That's now my mission is to make sure that independent retailers have somewhere that they can go in order to get this information that is retail specific. And I have to say, I can't do it without my husband. I know I haven't mentioned him yet, but I am so lucky lucky to have a husband who 110% supports me. Like when you're having those down days, he's the one who says, you know, oh, but such and such sent you an email the other day saying how fabulous Aww. your advice was. Or remember that remember that podcast review that you got about that mm-hmm. person who said that you've saved them all this money. So he's always there with, you know, the little, he's got my back. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, he's awesome. He I, is I awesome. Love, I'm very lucky to have him. <laughs> yeah, I love they're they're a rare find. I've got one of those too, Selena. This morning before this podcast. I don't know if he was trying to like hype me up or or if it really was just a conversation. But he opened up the iTunes reviews and just read me several new ones that I hadn't seen before. And it just filled me up and you know, it got me excited and reminded me that we make a difference in what we do. I know, do you know what mine did this morning? <laughs> what did you do? Um, so I love Trello. If you don't use Trello, it's oh. one of my apps that you must have. And so he sent me this little article about how Atlassian, which is one of his customers, just bought out Trello. And, and oh, we were talking wow. about the implications that might have. And he was like, don't worry, even if they get rid of the freemium model, Atlassian, you know, their stuff's <laughs> really, really cheap because they believe in giving to the masses. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> I was oh like, my oh, gosh. But- but how sweet is that? <laughs> yeah. But isn't it, it's just great to be able to have those conversations with your. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
they, you know, I don't think he really, he doesn't even use Trello, but he no. knows how passionate I am exactly. about Trello. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. They're such supporters of us. Um, yeah. yeah. So what about your family? You've told us about your business and the journey and all those stars just kind of aligned for you. And it makes complete sense that you are, of course, doing what you're doing now at selenanight.com. But, you know, who, who is in your family and what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, well, there's just the three of us. So my husband, Ed, my daughter, Lana, and myself. And we're one of those really kind of selfish families who made the decision to only have one child so we could still have a life. <laughs> okay. Maybe and smart decision. Some people would say that. Oh, look, it's, you know, do you know what? I say that, but in actual fact, it's because I don't have the brain space to deal with more than one child. <laughs> oh, I have a very independent child who's fantastic. But what does an average day look like? Well, like we were talking about just before we got on the podcast, I never really was very organized. In fact, I hired my assistant based on the the title, Are You an Organizing Ninja? Because I need someone who keeps me in line. But when I started working out, you know, like, like we were talking about, when you start realizing that you only have a set number of hours in the day and I'm really good at procrastinating, yeah. I started to theme out my days almost so I do you know podcasts two days a week and I do admin one day a week and I do you know different things so uh, I have clients on certain days and I only I make sure those client days are only two days a week so I find that I get my energy from people like I'm a really extroverted person pretty obvious given how much I like to talk but I really like to draw my energy from other people. So I always make sure I do podcasts on Friday because I end up on such a high for the weekend because when you do, like, you know, when you do a podcast, so much information comes out and you just, your heart just swells. You're like, oh my God, this is awesome. So, so true. <laughs> the post podcast high is real. Yeah. So I always make sure I plan. Um, I do Tuesdays and Fridays usually, if depending on time zones, but Tuesdays and Fridays are my day. So Tuesday kind of, you know, pumps me up a little bit for the rest of the week and Friday just means I go out on a high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I do client days on Mondays because, you know, everyone's ready to get in and, and start the new fresh yes. week. So my rock stars, which are my high-profile clients, we meet at 10 o'clock on Monday morning. Like we are ready to start the week and we work out any problems that we might have before they can even, you know, take hold for the rest of the week. So, yeah, I, I pretty much set up my days but – I have to admit, I don't tend to start before eight. Don't always start at eight, but I don't tend to start before eight. And I always finish at about 4 p.m. The only time that changes is if, you know, there's a client problem or if there's a time zone difficulty. But this is one of the things I've had to pull back on because I used to go to work at seven o'clock in the morning and not leave until five or six o'clock at night, despite the fact that my shop was only open from 10 till four. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. This, was, this happens, doesn't it, when you have a business? You Totally. You get because, so bogged down in it. Yes, and the hustle is in our control. And there are so many people that listen to this podcast or that are in the Mums with Hustle community that, you know, if they stop working or if they stop showing up, then the money stops coming, like literally. Like they don't have any passive income generating products, um, which is what you would see mostly with, with the retail um, clients that you work with. Oh, so but I don't guess- I try and get them to get passive income? I always <sighs> say to good. retailers, you should never re- rely solely on selling the products in your store for money. Yeah. Never. I know it sounds strange. Where else are you supposed to get that money? Mm-hmm. But depending on the type of business that you are, I can guarantee you that there are at least two other places that you could be bringing money in that don't cost you anything. Yes. I love that. I love that. So is that something that you go through in your academy? Because I know you have an academy, Selena, where you help these retailers, um, I guess, do all these things that you're talking about, avoid all the pains and get to their place of success much quicker than if, you know, they were to pursue that on their own. Yeah, so we do talk about that in the Boutique Academy, but it's something that we dive, you know, it's one of the first things we dive into with my rock stars, my, my mastermind clients, because I have a much more intimate knowledge of their business, yes. so I can see straight away, whereas um, the Boutique Academy, uh, I'm more than happy to work with people to try and work it out, but it usually comes to you because as you're going through the course, you start to realize places in your business that you're not making the most amount of money from, that you really could be using much, much better. Okay. 
Ah, oh, that's cool. That would be like major aha moments for people going yeah, through like that Yeah, like I'll just give you one example. So one yes. of my retailers has a homeware store and she's going to be hosting workshops in her store. You know, simple. She doesn't have to do anything. She just provides the space. And somebody's actually paying her to come in and use that space. And on the plus side, the people will buy her products while they're there. Oh, she was probably like... So happy, massive <laughs> smile, and that when I don't know if that idea came to her herself, or if you kind of planted that seed there, or oh no, 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 that's oh. one, one of the one of the things that we came up with. Quite simple, that's brilliant. You know, and she doesn't have to do the work; she just no. puts it out there, and people come to her. So you know, in 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 actual fact, just for the space, so she just stays open. Uh, they don't happen all the time. I think they happen about once every two months. She just does them in the evening after close. So she stays back for you know the hour, the hour and a half, but she ends up finding that she makes quite a bit of money because people are in the store. They're not pressured. They're in a really good, you know, really good place. Yeah. And they're open to buying. Yeah. And they've probably got a post learning high. Like when you commit to learning or coming in and doing some type of workshop and then you leave, like you're usually feeling really good in good spirits. So that's when. Yeah. So not only is she making money from the sale of the products, but she's making money because people are paying her for the rental of the space. Yeah, I know. I love it. And, you know, (laughs) as someone that runs workshops and events from time to time, I love the idea of being in an inspired space. Yeah, yeah. And especially (laughs) if... If it all comes down to finding the right people, doesn't it? It's it's mm. it's the customer experience. So this is the biggest thing that if I can teach you nothing else, it is well, not you, Tracy, because I'm sure you already know this. But it's if I can teach your listeners this, it's that price is not the thing that you sell on. And I can tell you that you can charge way more for your products if you make people feel like they want or need your product, or they just want to hang out with you. I mean. One of the examples that I like to use in the academy is people pay $8 to buy a, a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yeah. It's ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> is it worth $8? But you don't buy it because it's ice cream. You buy it for the luxury, for the experience, because you're on holidays and you want to treat yourself. Yeah. It's all the stuff in your mind the that feeling, comes with the purchase. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Like if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would pay $8 for an ice cream, I would tell you that you're a loony. (laughs) Yeah. Are they going to give me a gold spoon that I can take away with it afterwards? I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's ice cream. No, that's true. You always sell the emotion, the dream, the feeling, everything but the product really. (laughs) Yeah, everything but the product because people don't care about the product. And it's, you know, when people go shopping and they have the shopping bags that they have to you know, they, they just have to get the Tiffany's paper bag when they buy something or they just yeah. have to get the Chanel paper bag or the Kate Spade paper bag. They don't do that because they need the paper bag. They do it so that when they're walking down the street, you can look at them and go, oh, my gosh, how cool is she? She buys yeah. from Kate Spade, which is yeah. the same reason people will carry that Kate Spade bag around for the next, you know, two years until it falls apart because they want you to think, that they're really cool. Yeah, they're they living the dream. They're living the dream. So it doesn't matter if they bought the cheapest thing at Kate Spade. They have this experience and they have that experience so much that they're advocating her brand everywhere they go because they want people to know how cool they are, how fa- you know, how fashion forward they are. Yes. And this, this is where price becomes not a problem. This is where you can charge more for something that everybody else is charging because you've built a brand and not a retail store. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, let's start talking some retail strategy then, Selena, because I'm getting excited now. And I really hope that people listening to the podcast are in a space where they can like at least write some notes um, because this is going to be really valuable stuff. So I wanted to ask you, though, as a retail strategist, like you must be bursting at the seams with amazing, actionable information um, for your clients that you're helping, but also for our audience of hustlers out there. So I really want to focus on some strategies that are going to help um, my audience get more customers. So can you give us a brief overview, Selena, of some key strategies to get more customers, like especially if you are a, a relatively new business, so you're just attracting customers to begin with? Okay, the first one is really, really simple, and that is go and 
claim your business on Google. I think it's called Google My Business now. It used to be Google Places. It used to be Google Business. I think it's now Google My Business. And the reason for that is if you have claimed your business, and you can do this even if you're an e-commerce store, people can, one, they can rate your business. So you once you start getting these ratings, you actually go higher up in the Google al- algorithms because Google loves itself. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting really good reviews on Google, they Google goes, this is an awesome store. They go up higher on the list. They go higher up in the food chain. And that costs nothing. It takes about five minutes. They send you a postcard. You type in the code and you are ready to go. But it also acts as a kind of mini website for stores that haven't gotten to website status yet. And you can put pictures up and you can put the reviews up and you can actually give people an insight to what your business does without you know, having a website. So you can have your address, you can have your phone number, you can have your email address and you're getting Google juice out of it in the process. So it, it costs nothing, takes about five minutes, maybe a little bit more if you go, you know, you start crafting a really good overview of your store and you put some pictures up. But, you know, in under a half an hour, you have a presence on the web that you never had before. I love that. Those two tips right there are super actionable. So (laughs) I didn't even really know about that. I'm learning just from speaking to you. Okay, so people in particular with the brick and mortar stores without the website presence so far are really going to be very excited that you shared that one because they can basically create a profile is what you're saying. They can and they can put their opening times up. Oh, my (gasps) gosh. Can I just smack my forehead right now with the amount of stores that they don't have an e-commerce site? Okay, that's something I can help you with. It's something I will help you with. But if you have a bricks and mortar store and you don't even have that one page website that has your opening hours, your phone number and your email address, then yeah, that's that's second actionable strategy. But at least in Google, you can put your opening hours in there and you can update that with public holidays and Christmas hours and whatnot. So even if people can't find you, if they know they want to come to your store, you know, that whole idea of if they're open, do they open at eight? Do they open at nine? Do they open at 10? If you open at 10 and they turn up at 9 o'clock, they're going to get really, really peeved and they may just go somewhere else. Yeah, because I need, you... my, co- yeah, I need <laughs> my coffee, I've got to get stuff done. Yeah, I, I, I needed to grab a gift before I hopped on the bus to go to work, all those kinds yeah. of things. It can give you business without you even trying. Yeah. Ah, okay, that is a huge one. Okay, so Google my business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's how we can get, that's one key strategy for getting more customers or, or new customers um, over to our business. Have you? What else can you give us that we can go and kind of implement straight away? Okay. So I just want to go back to that, that strategy that one of my retailers is using for passive income, which is the workshops. Yeah. So if, you, if you're an e-commerce business, you could potentially look at hosting a workshop in a retail store that is complimentary. So they don't obviously stock your product, but the person who goes to that store is likely to want your product as well. So, for example, you could take a skincare brand into a homeware store if they don't sell skincare because it's likely that the people who are buying high-end homewares are probably going to like really nice skincare. And this is this is where it becomes a win-win situation. So the retailer gets to offer their customers something that nobody else offers and the e-commerce person gets to have access to customers that are highly qualified because you, you already know that these are the top customers from this retail store that have been invited for the evening or the day, and they get access to top quality customers and they get to sell their product as well. So for both of these people, for the bricks and mortar store, I say start putting it out there to find some online people who can come into your store and potentially show their products and for e-commerce people, try and find a retail store that has complementary um, products where you can go and, and not even do a pop-up shop. I like to say a workshop or an event because yeah. it's it's something that both sides are going to work well with. And it doesn't just have to be have to be retail stores. One of my customers in America, she actually started working with a hairdresser. Because she was in a small town and she knew that all of her customers were going to this hairdresser. So she went over to the hairdresser and said, I would love to run a session for your customers. You Just give me your top 10 customers and I'm going to run a session on, I think it was how to dress for your body shape. And for the hairdresser, she was like, well, this is awesome because it's not costing me anything. 
and I get to treat my top 10 clients with this event. And for the retailer, she got 10 highly qualified people to come to an event and all it cost her was, you know, an hour of her time, some nibbles, and she sold so much stock. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, start thinking outside the box when it comes to who you're going to work with and where you're actually going to work. I love it because I'm all about collaboration and working with other people and building relationships, purposeful relationships that are mutually beneficial and help each other grow and lift each other up. And these suggestions and examples that you're providing us with here, Selena, they are like right on the money. They're so good. Like they're, of course, going to help people um you know, increase revenue and have experience that monetary success, but also in in relationships. And I think that's so important. I, I'm loving what you're saying. And it's the relationship that sells. It's yeah. always about how your customer feels. And if that customer, so the hairdressing customer, they've been treated to this event on how to dress for your body shape as if they're not going to tell all their friends about how awesome their hairdresser is to set them up with this free night. Exactly. You know, it just, it's word of mouth. It's advertising that costs nothing. Yeah. And it makes people feel good. And it makes it. people feel good. Yes. So I'll just, I'll give you one more because I'm, you know, I, I have so many resources over at selenanight.com. I do a weekly podcast and a weekly TV show. You know, the TV shows are just little five minute snippets of things that you can go and action. But one of the things that my one of my rock star clients did just before Christmas was she is an e-commerce retailer. So she joined up with nine other e-commerce retailers and said, I want to put out a luxury gift guide for Christmas. And so each person sent in one sent in the images for one product and she collaborated it all, but they all sent the gift guide to their customers. So mm. she got access to nine yeah. other customer lists for the hour that it took for her to compile the gift guide. In fact, I think she outsourced it to a graphic designer. Yeah. But do you see what I mean? Like it's it's thinking outside the box. And I know that you had uh, Maggie Panner on and she's really big on collaborating. I love Maggie. Yeah. And, and this is where I keep saying to people you can advertise without spending money and that's those first places that you should be going to if you're just starting out or if the budget is running thin, think outside the box. How can you get access to other people's customers for free? Yeah, let's keep talking along the lines of free here because a lot of us are just startups in the Mums with Hustle community. So can you give us some advice or, again, some actionable tips on where we should be spending our precious marketing dollars when you don't really have many dollars um, with the focus being on, you know, getting wider exposure? Yeah, okay, so let's talk about free first. There's a few strategies that we just talked about, the collaborating, doing workshops, doing gift guides, those sorts of things. But one of the things you need to be aware of with free is free does come at a cost. Free comes at a cost because somebody has to put in the time and the effort. Mm -hmm. So you need to weigh up how free is free. <laughs> you do not want to be stressed out trying to organize a great big event. I, I remember I, this one time when I was working with a council, because I used to do lots of workshops with councils, and I was working with the council and somehow they managed to get me to organize a massive fair <laughs> and it just eventually, first of all, it was a workshop and then it was a little bit bigger and then by the end of the conversation, it had turned into this massive full day fair on sustainability and I remember walking away thinking, that's, that's <laughs> months of my time <laughs> and my staff's time and that's not something that we would get paid for and it's not that I wouldn't do it for free but you have to weigh up the cost to your business and your family and your employees as to how much free is going to cost you. So I ended up having to contact them back saying, look, I'm happy to do this, but you'll either need to pay us to do it or you're going to have to provide me with some of your staff to do it. So free always comes at a cost and sometimes that cost is perfectly acceptable. An hour of your time here, a few emails there, a couple of phone calls, all good. But don't get roped into you know something like hosting a massive event that's going to take days or weeks or even months of your time on, on this guise of business exposure. Yes, yes. Because too, you many, can, you can too many get people get sucked in. Of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Okay. Yeah, and, and so many people just use this business exposure as an excuse to get free. And if, yeah. if you can justify free working for both parties, like the examples that we've already used, 
that's fine. But don't go taking advantage of somebody else. Yeah. And we see it sometimes um, with small businesses wanting to gift larger or medium influencers with a product. Um, And I know, you know, many small businesses have kind of, or they feel like they've really been burned in that way, maybe because communication from the onset wasn't 100% clear that, you know, if it's a gift, then maybe there is no, there are no strings attached. Like you don't require a social media post or, um, you know, you need to be completely transparent and 100% clear in, in the communication that goes on before that. Or maybe people haven't really gifted Um, something to the right influencer, like it doesn't really match their audience or their lifestyle or their purpose. You've just kind of given away a product and it doesn't really make sense. So you're not getting any return for the thing that you're giving, giving away as such. So yeah, I think people need to, you always need to have your wits about you when you're, you, I guess, working with that element of what is free. You've got to be a bit savvy. And you you hit the nail on the head there when you were talking about gifting something to the wrong person so with that that client that I worked with for the gift guide we made it very very clear who the target market was she knew who she was selling to down to a t and Mm -hmm. we said this is the person we're selling to and she rejected a lot of products because she knew that it wasn't what her client was looking for and if her client wasn't looking for that then their client wasn't looking for her product so she she ended up with about 20 submissions and, and chose nine out of those that she felt would be equivalent with her brand and with what her customer is looking for. So that's one of the things in terms of the question that you asked me about where should you spend your marketing dollars is being so, so clear. Like this is business 101 and you will hear this on every podcast and in every business book and every course that you ever do is know who you're selling to. Yeah. Now, can like I... Like on a way deep level though, <laughs> yeah, like hardcore. Can I give you an example? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> okay, so this is an example I use in my workshops, which is my target market is mums with kids, at which point I then dive into this great big infographic that says, okay, so is your mum married? Is she divorced? Is she single? Those are three different demographics. Does she have one kid? Does she have two kids? Does she have three kids? Because... The single mum with three kids has a completely different mindset and demographic to the divorced mum who maybe has week on, week off and has one kid. And does she work? Does she work because she wants to? Does she work because she has to? Does she drive? You know, does she use a Mac or does she use a PC? Because when you put each one of those factors together, if you are marketing to the The woman with two kids who works because she wants to, she drives a Porsche Cayenne and she has a really high disposable income and goes on lots of holidays and uses an iPhone, where you're going to target her is so completely different to the single mum who works because she wants to rather than has to for whatever reason and has one kid and maybe leads quite a nice lifestyle. But she's going to lead a different lifestyle to that first person. So if you're trying to target the first person, let's talk about Facebook ads. You can choose whether you you, you just want to target people who are using an iPhone. So if you know that your person uses an iPhone, then just use that because all of a sudden you have just closed that net down to marketing to people who you know are your customer. Totally. And then you can even use the language that they use. Yeah, yeah. But knowing yeah. who you're selling to and not just mums with kids, anyone who ever tells me that I, I sell to mums with kids, I just I say to them, right, so am I going to reach down the phone now and slap you across the back of the head? <laughs> <laughs> Give it to them straight. <laughs> and no, it's true because a lot of – I think it is one of the biggest mistakes or, or oversights, um, yeah, people in business kind of, I don't know, maybe they don't know that they need to go to that level of psychology or lifestyle or maybe it's just not glamorous or it's not a super sexy exercise to sit there. It's and, hard. That's what it yeah, is. This is why is no hard. one wants to do it. It's because it's hard and it takes time and you have to think about it. And then the next step is you worry that if you just target this one yeah. group of people, no one You're else is going to buy your stuff. Yeah. 
No, no, no. It's the opposite. <laughs> it's going to bring everyone. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. don't get me started. So, I could talk about. When you're talking about when you're talking about gifting and gifting the wrong people. Um, let's say you gifted something. To, you know, I'm really bad with current trends in terms of celebrities. So I'm going to go with Kim Kardashian because everybody knows her. If you manage to gift something to Kim Kardashian, she has a certain type of follower, right? Yeah. It's not me. <laughs> I, can, I only know about her because she pops up everywhere. I can't even tell you what her child's name is. I can tell you she's married to Kanye West. She's got a big okay. butt. She has big boobs. It popped up on the Sydney Morning Herald today that some jewellery had gotten stolen. I didn't know about that. So if you want to target me, don't be gifting stuff to Kim Kardashian. Because okay. I am yes. never going to see it. That's true. And she, I mean... <laughs> She probably wouldn't even do a social media post about it if she knows that her audience will have a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. Like, you know, like the I do like Kim Kardashian. I'm just going to say that. But you, can, think, you can like her. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think that whole family, they're serious hustlers and they're all like pretty much all of them are biz mums, you know. Do you know what? She, she's like the new version of Kate, Kate that was married to the Packer, Kate. Oh, see, I don't even know. I, I'm not interested. You're a bit in younger that. than I'm I am. Their avatar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was known for being a socialite, which is exactly okay. what you know. She's a reality. Kim Kardashian is the modern day equivalent. She's a reality TV star who is famous for being famous. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if you gave me someone who was a little bit more down to earth and was passionate about sustainability and had some product. I've got a much higher chance of actually seeing it because I'm following that person on social media. Exactly. And if you've sent the wrong product, so you were talking about, let's talk, go with Kim Kardashian. If you send her a reusable nappy, she's probably going to look at it and go, <laughs> ew, what do yeah. you do with this? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so she's, lining, lining she's up. She's not going to use it, Selena, no. and she's not going to post about it. No. And then you're going to get the dirt because you've spent your time and your money and you sent her something and you got nothing out of it. So knowing the end customer of that celebrity or the influencer is so as important as knowing that celebrity and influencer. And I can say that if you're not following that person, there's a pretty good chance your audience isn't either because generally speaking, our audience is a slightly bigger version of ourselves or where we want to be or where we have been. Too true. Really, really good advice there. So, you know, if you if you're listening to this episode and it's done to you're having some aha moments or you're connecting the dots or you're wondering what the hell are we talking about? Um, quite often on the podcast and on the blog, um, we use the term avatar or ideal customer, and that is pretty much just putting a label on on what Selena and I are talking about here. So, if you've heard us talk about those things, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that. That ideal customer or the target audience, um, which is really, really important because, as you said, it will make you so much smarter about where you spend that marketing dollar, that that money um, or who you gift things to and even the language that you use to kind of connect with your audience or your new customers and also help you build a relationship with the existing ones, which is what I wanted to ask you about, Selena. Um you know, having your own business, it can be hard because you don't have that, well, a lot of the time, you don't have that steady income flow that you would if you worked for someone else. And that can be a really, a very scary thing, especially when you have little people to feed and, you know, you've got to keep a roof over their head. It would be nice to have some level of, I don't know, what's the word? Stability. Revenue, <laughs> stability. Yeah. So, you know, what are some key strategies or advice that you can impart, you know, with on us as to how can we retain the current customers that we do have and how can we motivate them to purchase again? Because the money is in their returning customer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's like the number one easiest strategy that you can implement today. Like you can you can open up your store today and go, today I'm going to make more money. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to sell something to my customer who comes in that is actually worthwhile to them. So I've put together this five-day supercharge your sales challenge. And this is just one of the simple strategies. It's free. I'll give you the link to it. You can go and sign up. But one of these strategies is I call it upselling ethically. 
Now, I am so against just selling people crap for the sake of putting money in your cash register. So if I can give you a little story, it is about this pair of Nine West peep toe wedges that I bought. And I'd been looking for this kind of shoe for ages. I was over in America, saw them, loved them. They were, they're a nude. I say they were. I haven't worn them for a very long time, but they're still in my wardrobe because I refuse to give them up. So they're uh, like a tan patent leather. And I was just thinking they will go with everything. So I bought them, wore them to a wedding and I was stupidly, because I don't wear heels very often, stupidly did not think to, one, take Band-Aids with me in my handbag, and two, realize that peep-toe wedges actually rub the top of your big toe raw in about five seconds flat. Oh, no. (laughs) So I was at this wedding and I could hardly walk. Like my toe was literally bleeding. So I had to it was in the city and I had to dash to one of those 24-7 convenience stores, buy some Band-Aids and literally Band-Aid my whole feet up to stop them from rubbing. And I just, the whole time I sat there thinking, why didn't that salesperson sell me those stick-on blister preventers? Now, those things cost about $15 a pack. They could have sold me two packs, one for where your toe goes and one for where your heel goes. I would have even been happier if they would have taken them out of the packet and put them on for me because that's the kind of person that I am. But all this time, instead of thinking about, you know, the shoes were bad, all I could think of was the service was bad because these people know shoes. That's their job. They should have told me, you know, they should have made me aware that if this type of shoe, if I'd never worn them before, that quite often they can rub your big toe and you might want to get some of these blister prevention stickers. I would have loved them. I would have been – I wouldn't have had to worry at the wedding. I wouldn't have had to been embarrassed about having to duck away to find a convenience store. Mm. I would have uh, – a convenience store, which was on Google. So <laughs> going back to Google My Business. And I just would have been so much happier about that whole experience. And that customer – this was in America, so obviously lots of their sales are commission-based. But that server could have upsold me another $60 worth of product. And then she would have made the commission on that $60. I know it's a little bit different here in Australia. We just get paid a set rate. But some retail stores do have commission as well. Well, people have targets anyway. And they have targets. Their performance is measured against that, yeah. Yeah. But as a customer, all I could think of was never going back there again. Yeah. And you don't have to sell like a used car salesman. You have to sell something that complements what the customer is looking for. And so makes if their you, experience better. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you have a if you have a homeware store and someone buys a set of placemats of napery, maybe you'd say, "Hey, are you you know, have you got candle holders or what sort of event are you hosting?" And when you get people talking because if I went in to buy placemats and someone said to me, "What kind of event were you hosting?" I'd be like, how cool is this? They actually care. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be all about this birthday party that I was hosting for my best friend and I was going to have six of my, you know, fa- six of her best friends over and we haven't seen each other for 20 years and blah, 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 blah. At which point that service person, you know, that retailer could say to me, this sounds like a really special event. You know, I would suggest that you've got flowers. Have you got a vase? Me. I, yeah, I didn't think that far forward. No, I don't. Can you recommend a good florist in the area? And, yeah, I'll take the vase. Or, you know, candles always make this kind of event so much more intimate. Do you have candles? But do you see when you actually care about what your customer is doing, all of a sudden you've got this whole range of things that you could sell to them and they're going to be really happy. If they don't want it, they're going to say no. But if they hadn't thought about it before, which is generally what happens, they hadn't actually realised they might need something, they're just going to walk away thinking, how awesome is this? Like one, they actually cared why I went into that shop. But two, now I've got everything I need for this awesome dinner party. Like it's going to look so good for my best friend. And they leave with a great feeling about the service and the experience that they just had. And they kind of give you a little space in their brain in terms of like you're their go-to, you're their place that they think of when they need that thing again. You become front of mind so that they become a repeat customer. And you know what? Price doesn't matter. Because no. I'm going to go there because you can give me the advice that I need. Yes. You can sell. You you know what kind of clothes I wear and what what belts look good. You yeah. know, you know what that dinner party needs. You know what kind of baby carrier I need. 
you open this store because you are passionate about what you sell. No one yeah. opens a store because they're not passionate. You know, and it's might- that the, the value add there, Selena, isn't just adding value to your back pocket. It's adding value to the customer. So if you're feeling uncomfortable about sales in general or upselling, um, think of it as a value add. You're adding value to that customer. And like, yes, it has benefit to you as well as a business owner, but it's about adding value in the experience and the service and the product of what you're offering. That and that might customer, help with the mindset a bit more for some people. Yeah, and, and that customer is going to love you. Mm. And, you know, if you get that feeling when you've, you've really helped somebody in a shop, you're just like, oh, you know, how good am I? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the upselling, you know, the only reason it ever feels like a used car salesman is if you're doing it unethically, if you're doing it just to sell stuff rather than to yeah. help the customer. And people can smell that a mile away, can't yeah, they? They yeah, they can smell desperation. Yeah. So just connect on an authentic level, which is it's hard for people, I guess, in a brick and mortar setting if they're a bit introverted. Um, but yeah, you can you can train yourself out of that. You've just got to listen, be more present and just think of everyone as a human being, not not anything other than that and just make those personal, authentic connections. But it, for the online store, when you can't have that physical presence or conversation, how can you do a purposeful, um, authentic value add for those okay. people? I can tell you another. I'm full of stories today. Tell me so, the story. <laughs> <laughs> last week I had to go and shop for new tiles <sighs> and I went to a bunch of tile shops, got so annoyed because I had my daughter with me and I was super organised. I had a backpack with the iPad, I had an iPod, I had games, I had colouring, I had snacks, I had water because I knew that I was going to spend probably an hour in you know, in each of these shops and I tried to break it up. We went to the playground afterwards and we went and got lunch and all that kind of stuff. But I was prepared and quite a few of these bricks and mortar stores didn't even have a sofa for people to sit on. Now, I know that we're talking about e-commerce, I'm getting there. And that just got me to the point, you know, they had sort of like a like a dining chair and I was thinking, Whoever's sitting in that chair is probably going to be there for a while. You never walk in and walk out of a tile shop. So really, a little lounge, an armchair, something like that would have made life a little bit easier. A TV, because, you know, you're going to be there for a while, would have been great. But what ended up happening was after going into about six tile shops, I got so frustrated and I had so much mummy guilt of the my poor child yes. sitting in the corner. Well, I ended up just going online and having a pretty good idea of what I wanted to buy by now. And I went to a shop that I searched around and so many of these tile places wanted to give me quotes on tiles. And I I just, I was thinking, I don't have time to have quotes on tiles. I need these tiles by next Tuesday. So I need to have ordered them by next Tuesday. I don't want to have to email you for a quote for every single tile I might like. And then wait for you to come back to work on Monday. Okay, it's not ideal if I can't buy them online. You know, that's really not that hard. But if you could at least put the price, I can say, okay, that one's in my budget. That one's not in my budget. Okay, next. And I ended up finding probably three tile shops where I could buy online. And I spent several thousand dollars in one of those shops. And I paid $80 delivery because I don't have the time to go and pick them up. And my theory was, you know what, if they get here and they're wrong, I'll just pay $80 to send them back again and swap them for something else because I don't want to go there. I don't want to have that. You know, that whole days of my life and the guilt that comes with taking my child around on school holidays just to pick some bloody tiles. So from an e-commerce perspective, one, let people buy your stuff online because <laughs> it is it, you do not realize how many people just need that convenience. Now, I know that that costs money to set up a website. So my next suggestion would be even if you – can't do that is the Google the Google business. So at least people can have a look. But don't put products up without a price. If you have a selection of products up, you need to put the price on there so people can at least get an idea of the level that your store is pitching at. So it, just to talk that, take that a little bit further into that tile example, I went onto one site thinking these are really nice tiles, and this was the first email me for a quote, and they came back and they were ridiculously expensive. Whereas had I have gone to that site from the beginning and saw that tiles were $450 a square metre, I just would have known that that's not what I was looking mm-hmm. for and, and yeah. not wasted a half an hour of my time looking on their website. 
But if you do have an e-commerce site, that whole upsell that we were talking about, it can be done there as well. So, for example, when we, in our store, we sold baby swim nappies and we always used to have add sunscreen as an option because most people are going to buy those two things together. And if they're on the same product page, I don't then have to go looking for sunscreen. And in fact, I didn't even think about sunscreen. It was just that it was because it was there that I went, yes, add to cart. Yeah. So putting putting things together or putting things that are easily accessible even into a bundle is going to make the customer happy because you thought of it for them. You've taken away the effort and you're going to spend more money. They're going to spend more money with you. So you've got more revenue. Yes, which is what, what we need to we grow. Need, what we need. And if you could just sell $10 more to every single yeah. customer, what's that That's going to look huge. like for your store? Yes. Yeah. And Easy. over, over, yeah, it's just basic math. And over the course of a year, like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. But you're not making it easy for your customer. Simple. No. Yeah. So think like the customer. Yeah. And don't be shy of the value add, you're adding value to your customer. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yes, cash flow. We keep coming back to that. It's integral to the success of all businesses. We can't, like, can't deny it. So, what are your, I know you have, t- a top six, um, top six strategies that you talk about. Can you share at least one of those top six strategies in depth? Um, yeah, because I know that you have a webinar coming up as well, which you will deep dive into all of these areas. But give us a sneak peek of your top six strategies to unlock the cash flow for us, Selena. Okay. Well, number one is sell more to every customer. So everything we just talked about, yeah. that's, that's the first strategy. Uh, but the, the next one is to think about your overheads. And, and I don't want to use this as a way to just, you know, cut back to bare bones. But one of the simple things that you can do is just review what's going out of your bank account on a regular basis, you know, on a monthly or a, fort, a fortnightly basis. Because I was recently talking to one of my clients and she said to me, after, I, after you told me that, I went and had a look and I realized I've been paying for Spotify for about 18 months. I've never mm-hmm. used it. I obviously signed up to the free trial, never, you know, never used it after that or, or have been using it but haven't needed it. And as a result, she had, you know, spent something like $250 on a Spotify premium that she'd never, ever used or needed to take advantage of. So, Doing an audit of what your business needs and what you're spending money on is a great way to actually claw back some cash. But I always say don't use this as a way to cut back everything because it's not about slashing and burning. It's about working out what's right for your business right now. And, you know, the next simple thing is to look at your merchant fees. Did you know that merchant fees are changeable? If you are using PayPal or an FPOS machine, if you have a high amount of transactions, as those transaction numbers go up, it's able, you're able to actually go and request a lower rate. So if you can go from, you know, a 1.2% rate, you know, fee for every transaction, if you can get that down to 0.9, that's money in your pocket. You know, you don't even have to change your prices. That's just money that goes straight into your bottom line. And all you have to do is make a phone call. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with PayPal, it's they actually have set rates. If you do Google it around, you, you'll find the rates. But once you hit a certain threshold, you will automatically, well, semi-automatically qualify for a lower rate. But you have to ask for it. But you'll mm. know straight away what those rates are. And the more that you put through your PayPal account, the better, you know, the fees that you're going to get. So, there's money out there to be found. It's just about being savvy on where to find it. And that's not that's not slashing and burning. That's just being business savvy on what yeah. you're paying out on. Yeah, I love it. Great three tips so far. What are the others? Uh, the others are to put your prices up because we've talked about some simple ways that you can do that, yeah. to reduce your margins and to ask your customers to come back and buy from you more often. That one sounds so basic, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? (laughs) But many people don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And when you're an online store, um, I'm seeing a lot of people because, I mean, clearly I'm I'm a very busy mum. So I do most of my shopping online and I love that I get 
you know, a thank you card and that invitation to return again, even a personalized code to return again and maybe get 10% off or, or some type of incentive and thank you or surprise and delight always comes with my purchase. And I love that. So I just recently did um, a TV episode called The Most Effective But Least Used Page on Your Website. And it is all about how you can use the post-purchase thank you page because Mm. so many people just have a page that pops up that says, thanks for your order. But (laughs) what can you put on there? What can you put on there to actually either increase that customer experience and you can I'll give you the link and you can pop over there you can see all the things that you could put on there but you know you could you could put your email sign up if if you if the, if you don't have the automatic sign up before you go through checkout or you could put a how to on the product that they ordered you know there's so many things that you could put on there that actually enhances the customer experience rather than just thanks for your order yeah Oh, These people, they've that. already bought, they've already spent money with you. They are ready to come back and spend it again. So yeah. make them feel loved. It's another touch point. Yeah. Make yeah. them feel loved. Don't Cost waste you nothing. The, yeah. Don't waste the opportunity. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you. That was like <laughs> six really great. Yeah. And, you know, great tips. So I know that you do deep dive into those more in, in the webinar that, that you run, but we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end. Um, for people who want to jump on and score some more information. Um, let's just talk finally about moving stock um, without necessarily having to have a sale. Oh, love this one. <laughs> yeah, moving stock to make room for new stock and, and and yeah, what can you tell us about that whole thing? Okay, How can so, we do it? Uh, another link I can give you. So when we talked about earlier about you know, I have all these ideas about how to help people. Yes. You can find a bunch of free resources over at selinanight.com and this is one of them, nine ways to move stock without having a sale. And it's just simple things, again, taking that customer experience and using that as a way to move stock. So just simple strategies like, you know, bundling a group of products together that sell really well. So if you have, you know, shampoo, conditioner and a hair treatment, If those aren't moving in your store, bundle them together. You can discount it if you want to slightly, but you're not doing 20% off every single product. You might do, um, you know, 10% off the bundle. Or you can buy the shampoo and conditioner and get the hair treatment as a free gift. So, again, it's about making the customer feel like they've got a bit of a bargain, but you haven't just gone 50% off everything. Yes. Yeah, so think, think about how you can make people feel better about buying your products and and they're allowed to feel like they've got a bit of a bargain that's okay but you want to do it without having to go you know 30 40 50 percent off everything let's be honest apple when are they ever on sale they're not and people will queue for days outside their store for their products yeah exactly you you do (laughs) not have to discount in order to get people to buy your stuff yeah and there's a whole market of people out there that want to feel premium they don't like they don't want the sale stuff. No, they don't. They don't want last season stuff. No, yeah. but you know what? They're happy to get a free hair treatment. You know, yes. if, if that's the, if that's what's your, you know, oh, yay, little bonus. But it's you haven't made them feel cheap. No. So think about what you can put together in order to to move stuff on. So one of my retailers just did this with some excess Christmas stock. So she was doing. She had these beautiful handmade Christmas baubles. So one week out from Christmas. She had them on the counter and it was spend more than, I think, $100, get a free bauble. So she was moving the stock out, but someone had to spend $100 to get it. So for her, it wasn't, it was, it was all made up in the fact that they'd already spent the $100. She wasn't losing any money by giving it away for free. Yeah. I love it. And I imagine all the baubles disappeared. All the baubles went. Yeah. <laughs> and people, okay. she did say, you know, people who would go and buy one more thing to get to the $100. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I can think of a bazillion times I've done that. That's me. <laughs> I'm that person. Free shipping, anyone? <laughs> yes, free shipping. That's me. Yeah. Bundling, little rewards and incentives. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how okay. many times did we all pop that extra thing in the basket to get to the free shipping amount? Heaps. I actually just, when I'm online and I'm shopping, I'm looking for bundles. I'm looking for, I don't know, opportunities to kind of save myself or rather than coming back later and doing another order. And 
and having to pay for shipping, I may as well get a bundle, you know, yeah. and spend, you know, increase increase my average spend myself just to get out of it with what I feel like is a better deal. But yeah. yeah. So I'm actively doing that stuff. I know it and it works <laughs> on me and I love it. So well, well the retailers you're shopping with love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am I am their dream avatar. There you go. <laughs> well, Selena, you have given us so much value in this interview so many things and you've mentioned several links to great things so um once you get those to me i'm going to pop those up in the show notes for people to go on and explore because i know that through you they're going to have access to some really really great free content and you know for a lot of people just starting out in in their small business that's where they need to start and i know there's no compromise on quality the quality of the content that you're sharing so we'll make sure that we put um, those links up in the show notes. Everyone needs to check that out. But, you know, before we wrap it up, Selena, just tell us what's coming up for you and where can we go to find you and learn even more, especially those retail businesses. I'm sure they're going to want to hear more from you. Well, my plan this year is to do a lot more live events. I did a couple okay. last year and absolutely loved them. I flew over to America and did some workshops over there and I did a whole bunch in Sydney and in Melbourne. So my plan is to do more workshops. We're just working out the dates right now, but they will be on the website probably by the time this goes live. And to just get, you know, I love doing content. So, you know, just putting out some more stuff for retailers to use to grow their businesses there's not a lot I'm trying to cut back on how much I work because having spent so many years doing you know 10 12 14 hour days yeah day in day out yeah it was sort of about three quarters of the way through last year I got to the point where I was I just sort of thought you're working because you want to rather than working because you have to. So now I'm being a lot more mindful and focusing my attention on what needs to be done rather than doing that procrastination work. <laughs> yeah. And I've handed a lot more off to my assistant this 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 time. We just had our first meeting for the year and he is so happy to take on a whole bunch more. But, yeah, I want to do it because I want to focus on actually going out there and meeting real retailers and working with those those premium clients that I have. Okay, so everyone can keep in contact with you and what's happening by heading over to selenanight.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh, and if okay. you are a retailer, feel free to come and join the Bringing Business to Retail Facebook group. It's just a free group where we talk all about retail. Oh, well, there's going to be a lot of people that need to join there. So I hope you have some admins letting people in quickly. <laughs> we do, we do. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right. And then I think I mentioned in the podcast that you have your Boutique Academy as well. Do you want to just really quickly tell people what that is about? Because we do have a lot of retail-based businesses at Mums with Hustle and I would hate for them to listen to this podcast and then not know about your Boutique Academy. Okay, so the Academy is the first ever business course that's designed specifically for retailers. And in it, we talk all about the, the cash flow and ways to increase cash flow. We talk about really getting familiar with numbers, which I hate, but I can tell you that every person who gets a grip on numbers and cash flow in their business immediately sees success because they know what's coming in, what's going out and how to make some more money. We talk about uh, where your business is going and your role in the business and how to hire the exact right employee. And everybody who's done that has found the perfect person for their business. We talk about inventory control. We talk about all these strategies that actually take, they put you in the driver's seat of the business. They, they I like to say they let you be the boss of the business rather yeah. than let you be the employee of the business. And in just eight weeks, you can have a massive mindset shift and a massive strategy shift that will actually allow you to work less and earn more and actually know that your business can be on a path to the success that you've always wanted it to be. It's, it's actually achievable because when you first start out, everything seems so overwhelming. Every You just don't know how to get to this place that you envisaged for your business because you're so busy working in the shop, packing orders, you know, trying to work out where to advertise and, and dealing with customer returns and all that kind of stuff. So we put some strategies in place that actually allow you to work out how you're going to fit those in and where you're going to fit them in, what you're going to outsource, how to outsource and let you take control of your business. That all sounds so good and I love that it is like 
designed specifically for retailers because you're right, there's a lot of business coaches and, and you know, great programs out there. But if you are specifically a retailer, then this is the one that, that you may want to jump on and consider and have a look at. So that's just also over there at selenanight.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Selena. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been awesome and I look forward to connecting with you again, you know, through, you know, our biz club. Um, people may jump on there and, and tag you in a couple of posts as well if they've got questions. So keep an eye out for that. Great. Not a problem. I'm always right. happy to help. Sweet. All right. Well, take care and we'll chat to you later. Fab. Have a great day. Bye. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my chat with retail guru, Selena Knight. Now, make sure that you do check out the show notes because Selena did give a lot of links to some really great and valuable free content. And then at the end there, we did mention um, her totally kick-ass academy that you may wish to check out. And for people who do decide to check that out and then learn and, you know, explore and, and grow their business with Selena, she is actually offering anyone in the Mums with Hustle tribe a super $500 off that boutique academy. So to claim that and to get all of those freebies that Selena mentioned throughout our chat, just check out the show notes because we're going to have something there for you, something to gift you that's going to help you in your retail biz journey. You won't want to miss out on claiming that freebie. So make sure you head there to the show notes that accompanies this podcast at mumswithhustle.com. Just look for the podcast on Selena Knight. 